Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Well, we are doing a special after the elections broadcast here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Just about all of the votes have been counted, and the elections are now over in Israel. What now? Many Israelis went almost begrudgingly to the polls to vote in their fifth election in less than three and a half years. That's five times in three and a half years. Did this week's elections finally bring us to a more stable government? Well, we are going to be having, joining us now, Barry Shaw. He is the International Public Diplomacy Director at the Israel Institute for Strategic Studies. His books include Fighting Hamas, BDS and Anti-Semitism, BDS for Idiots, and 1917 From Palestine to Israel. They're all available on Amazon or at your local Stymatsky bookstores here in Israel. You can visit the website that he's on at strategic-israel.org. O-R-G, and the view from Israel.com. So I want to welcome to the show, Barry Shaw. Thanks, Tamar. Nice speaking with you again. Same here. It's very good to uh, hear you and uh, get your take on what happened because it's very interesting. The, the way the media is describing it, they're saying that the right-wing extremists, they always have to put in extremists, okay? The right-wing extremist party gets so many votes. They're the third largest party in Israel. And I just always say, why are they describing the right-wing extremist, uh, the, the right-wing party as extremist when we are like the most wholesome family? You're talking about families yeah. in Judea and Samaria, mainly that would vote for a party like this. And right. for Itamar Ben-Gvir and Smotrich. And like, we're the, we're the salt of the earth. We're like the basic wholesome family values. There's nothing extremist really about us. There's, and, and there's extremists in every segment of society. And there's extremists in, the, in this segment yeah. as well. But to, to label yeah. the whole thing as extremists is crazy. So what's your take I, on the elections? Well, uh, I'll cover that point with you because, as you know, Tamar, I uh, do strategic studies, not only in Israel, but what's going on around the world. And uh, going into your message, we can, we can look at what's going on in America right now. And, and it's a pattern that I notice repeats itself abroad. It's happening here as well. When a left-wing party loses, they always accuse the other side of being racist. In America, for instance, the Democrats and Biden, who has failed two years miserably, leaving Americans poorer and uh, all sorts of problems going on over there. The only thing you hear if you're going on to uh, American TV channels is you've got to be scared of the Republicans because they're all racist. Even Biden had a special event which was looking pretty gruesome. It looked like a fascist meeting where he accused the Republicans, people who may not vote Democrats, of being semi-racist. The same happened in Sweden. I was covering the Sweden elections when the uh, Swedish uh, Social Democrats, who have been in power for many times, made a total wreck of their country with unbridled migration, immigration, and massive, which resulted in horrible crimes and terror attacks, terrorists in, in Sweden, and a crashing economy. And when they were losing to the uh, Swedish Democrats, all they could do was blame the Swedish Democrats of having roots in Nazism. And the same happened with Italy, when Italy in, <laughs> elected its first woman prime minister for an open economy, equal rights and things like that, they reported back that her family was somehow rooted in Mussolini. And I spoke to um, a political analysts abroad, and I said to them, the ones in particular Sweden, tell me, do Swedish people, what do they say about the current Jew, uh, German government? Are, you say, are they saying it's rooted in Hitler and Nazism or even the Austrian party? which again had, did have roots in that, but today 
You can't call the German government or the Austrian government fascist, Nazi or supporters of Hitler. It's a bygone thing. So they use this thing when they've got nothing else to stand on. Okay, so let's go over the results. It looks like Bibi is going to be forming the next government. The question is, is he going to form it with the right-wing religious, or is he going to do what he has done before and go with uh, a more center-left in order to, in his mind, look more moderate, and he'll be able to achieve or perhaps try to achieve his goal, which he said was to make peace with Saudi Arabia? Yeah, before I get to that, I want to tell you, I don't, I'm not going to ask you, are you as surprised as I am that we're sitting here talking about an amazing, unexpected election victory for uh, Benjamin Netanyahu? Uh, and, it, and it works out, if you look at the figures, quite easy e- election victory to, to create a sort of a, a coalition government. Because I don't know about you, Tamar, but up to the days before the election, lots of people were telling me, They didn't know who they were going to vote for, or if they would vote at all. And yet this election ended up breaking voting record figures, uh, voting figures going back to 1999. And and, and it's clear from examining the the, the numbers were coming in, even as we speak, that Israelis voted. They ditched the left-wing parties that are in ruin and uh, returned to their traditional center-right and right-wing votes. I, I just want to remind your you and your... Uh, listeners, that the uh, Labour Party is, is as we're up to 97%, they have four seats, as I speak, and on the fringe of not making it at all. Uh, and I have to remind you that in two days' time, on actually on the, on the 4th of November, it's the anniversary of the murder of uh, Yitzhak Rabin, the Israeli Prime Minister, was assassinated. But, uh, but at that time, it was uh, the Labour Party has always been. It, it was the founding far, uh, party of Israel. And yet, under Michal Michaeli, who moved uh, the Labour Party even more to the, uh, the left than it was originally, traditionally, it's almost eliminated. And merits to the left of her, which was for the Communist Party, is, as we speak right now, doesn't even get make into the, the next Knesset at all. Right. So the left has certainly collapsed completely. Now, what BB is going to do, well, BB now has the luxury, as you say, of having two options. He can either go the route of uh, making a, a coalition, which would be easy for him, of the religious Zionist party, together with Shas, together with the uh, Jewish Torah, uh, uh, the other religious party, and, and he's got a majority there. But even if he wanted to avoid going into a, uh, a coalition with people like Bengvi, who you spoke about before, he could easily, if he want outreach to Lapid and put him in his place and say to him, let's create a, far, a, a four-party u- unity government, the, the Likud, uh, the Yishatid, and, you, and say to um, uh, uh, Lapid, you pick your party to go in with you. I'll pick mine. And he would pick, I would assume, Shas. And possibly uh, Lapid would pick Labour. So you could have a four-party unity government with Bibi as prime minister mm-hmm. representing at least a 70-seat uh, government, uh, making it perhaps more stable, more pliable, more different, rather than just having Bibi. Because there is a feeling, and it's early days yet, that if Bibi actually went into a coalition with uh, Bengvia and Smodrich, uh, together with Shas and uh, United Torah, uh, that it, he will be, in a sense, beholden to Bengvia. And if he didn't give Bengvia and Smodrich the uh, ministries that they are demanding, they could bring down his government again. I'm not sure he would want that. What do you think? I think that Bibi would prefer to be uh, categorized as much more center than uh, being beholden to the right wing because Bibi is not a rightist in my eyes. He he comes off as, you know, saying the right, the right, the right, and we have to fight the left, the left, the left. I think he's more leaning towards the right, but I, that doesn't make him a rightist. And, and as you said, I think that he might feel more comfortable even sitting with Lapid. The question is, will Lapid sit with Bibi? <laughs> 
<laughs> or yeah, guns. We haven't even begun talking yet about this. We went into this election expecting a continuation of the Ratlow Bibi uh, uh, equation. That's the, anyone uh, but Bibi. But Bibi, yeah. correct? Uh, but you know, even if we look at the people who, in the past, um, left the Likud party or left being allied with the Likud party because of Bibi, they've all lost. I mean, they went, they've been out uh, and away from Bibi for several years. We're talking about people like Benny Gantz, Gidon Saar, Yaya Lapid himself, Lieberman. They've all failed. Even Lieberman is on his way out. I think he's uh, right now on five seats, maybe. Yes, that um, was the last I heard, too. And uh, nowhere to go except into the opposition. Same with Guidon Saar. Same with uh, Benny Gantz, who was a... Uh, uh, IDF chief of staff and defense minister. And the Jewish Home up. Party with Ayelet Shaked didn't even make it in either, which is... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, good point, because there's another one. Uh, she was uh, tagging along with uh, Naftali Bennett. Here's somebody who has a party called Yamina. What does Yamina stand for? Right. And he left that behind. He went left. Yep. Uh, and he, he was made a minority prime minister. And that ended up very badly. And then he's wandered off into the wilderness. I don't know whether he's going to back into high-tech investments or, or whatever, or whether he's going to be in the, uh, the Knesset. I have no idea. Barry, the joke but, here uh, in Israel but, is that, uh, that uh, Bennett has always been good at exit strat- strategies, right? He, except he, for his own political <laughs> one. Well, you know, I think he saved himself by not running this, this uh, cycle because then he can come back the next one, all polished, you know, he, but uh, this one, people were furious with him for making um, this deal that he should be prime minister when he only had six seats that, you know, did not represent the Israeli people. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. One minute of Torah. This week, we read the Torah portion of Lech Lecha, which are the words that God used to command Abraham to leave his birthplace of Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, and go settle in the land of Canaan. After God miraculously helps Abraham fight off a coalition of nations who invade the land, Abraham expresses his fear that his merits are used up and he won't receive the rewards God had promised him of offspring and the land of Israel. In response, God tells him, look toward heaven and count the stars, if you can count them. That is how your descendants will be. Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson comments that more than just a reference to their sheer quantity, the comparison to stars also indicates that the Jewish people will shine and sparkle due to the powerfully brilliant godly soul we all possess. With this bright light we have, each one of us can and therefore must light up the darkness of any spiritual or moral night, guiding and influencing our surroundings to ensure that nobody stumbles. With your Ayn of Torah, this is Chava Zakovich. All right, we're back here at the Tamar Yunus Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we're talking about the aftermath of the elections, what we might expect to see now. Our guest is Barry Shaw. He is the International Public Diplomacy Director at the Israel Institute for Strategic Studies. In the last segment, Barry, we were talking about... um, we saw, you know, who's in the Knesset, who's out. We, what we know is that Meretz, which is a far-left party, very progressive, out. I'm happy to see that, I have to say personally. And even Ayelet Shaked, who took over, went back to the Jewish Home Party. She's out now. Bennett, who left with her to make their Yamina party and, and made a deal with Lapid to become the prime minister for the first half of their service, um, He's yep. out. He did his little exit strategy. Strategy That's a joke here in Israel. And Ayelet Shaked did not get in. The, the Jewish Home Party did not get in. Uh, and you wanted to make a comment on how when, when people will betray their constituents, what happens? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, when you're talking about people who leave their uh, moral, um, political uh, base, wherever they are, um, and they and they wander off the the farm, so to speak, and in, in 
what we've seen in Israel, uh, people on the center-right uh, going into coalition with somebody they thought might be center, maybe not center-right, but uh, that, uh, associated with parties like Merits and Labour uh, and also some Arab parties, and they lose their moral compass, political compass, they get lost and they get tainted. And uh, this seems there's no way back. And I, I think this is going to happen to Guy Dansar. Guy Dansar is really somebody from the centre-right. And now he's together with uh, 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 Benny Gantz. He, one would assume he would keep that way. But they, again, as I, as I put it, they wandered off the farm and there's really no way out. Uh, Guy Dansar is going to spend possibly the rest of his uh, political career sitting on the opposition benches. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what he wanted out of his uh, political career. Well, one of the most surprising things is is that uh, the right-wing religious party of Hatsionut uh, Adatit uh, with uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir and Betzalel Smotrich, they became the third largest party in Israel now, and they are someone to contend with. Now, the media... And the left are screaming at their right-wing extremists. We had already established that they're totally not extremists at all. This is the representing the most wholesome families in all of uh, all of Israel. So why don't you comment on that? Well, uh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, uh, Tamar, but I noticed something else. Another new, amazing, unexpected uh, new phenomenon that when you look, for instance, at who were the massive voters that brought uh, the Smodrich, Bengvia and religious Zionists uh, to sail past, for instance, people like Benny Gantz with his illustrious history and Guy Dansar into, as you say, third biggest party, most of their voters that I can see are age, um, under the age of 30. The people who voted for the first time at 1819, in the 20s, up to the age of 30. That has been the mass of enthusiastic supporters for, for people like Modric and Ben Gvir. Uh, and um, as I said, the, the, yes, you rightly said, it become the third largest party. So with religious Zionist, Shas, Jewish, to uh, Torah, religious party, the Likud is scoring between 31, 32 seats, something like this. It would be, be a block of 65 in the next Knesset. Uh, and, and there's no way that Lapid could get anywhere near him. I mean, he was the 30, 53, 54 with his block. Um, but I'm not sure if, what, where he goes now because he doesn't have the support of merits anymore. So even that might go down. So these elections was a, was a disaster for Lapid. People might have seen it as very charismatic prime minister, you know, smiling, good looking, charming all the foreign leaders or whatever. But it didn't work for him. And we have to examine a little bit, I suppose, of what went wrong with him. Um, I think probably the, the economy. Um, because there are two really strategic issues, security issues, really, that the Israelis voted on when they actually went to vote. The first one is the economic uh, security, uh, because the lack of economic security with too many Israelis not unable to finish the month, what with high gas prices, high electricity costs, increased mortgage rates and rents to pay, rising food prices. There's the, but there's also the physical security. And I came across a frightening statistic the other day that I intend to shout about when do my Hasbara work abroad. Because like you said at the opening, uh, Tamar, a lot of people are going to say to me, yeah, you've got a right wing fascist, uh, racist government now. And I want your listeners to answer these questions and guess how many terror attacks Israel has suffered in the last year, just the last year. Make a guess. How many guess? The figure, listeners, is 2,204. Let that sink in. I think maybe Israel. we should add 2,205 uh, uh, oh, because there was a terror attack yes, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let me yeah. just say that people who are listening to the show in a rerun, we are broadcasting live on uh, Wednesday from 12 p.m. to a uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Israel time, and the, we're giving you the results as of now. And earlier this morning, there was a terror attack in the cent central part of Israel near Modi'in. Go ahead. 
Yeah, at the Maccabeem uh, checkpoint. Yeah. Um, actually, those people who doubt whether that part of Israel should be part of Israel, what's the name Maccabeem? Tamar, tell your listeners. Well, it's the next holiday that's coming up, right? Judah Maccabee right. fought and set his yeah, people free, that, right? That was I a can't latest sing, no. So, uh, <laughs> listeners, Israelis have had 2,205 terror attacks in the last year, all perpetrated by either Palestinian Arabs or Israeli Arabs. And hundreds of Israelis have been viciously murdered and many more hospitalized with awful injuries like the, the, the poor soldier this morning. And that is not racist to say that. This is fact. Your listeners don't know the extent in which Israelis are terrorized daily. People uh, want security, and they believe that Ben Gvir is a tough guy. He goes to the terror attack uh, places when you don't see other Knesset members going out. He'll go there. He'll be with the people. He'll he'll t- talk about how we have to increase our uh, security, and it's not. And and he's out there on the streets, and people want someone strong. They want someone that the Arabs are going to fear, the Arab terrorists. And so Ben Gvir answers, uh, fills fills that uh, spot apparently. Well, why this point is so important uh, for you and for me to give this to your listeners, particularly those abroad, is because we need your listeners to actually make the points that I'm making because their media won't do so. Their media will be coming out with the nonsense about we've got a racist government now, which is nonsense. And I want your listeners to become active in actually telling the truth of what's happening here. People in Israel voted for the party that promised to restore law and order. Yes, and to return to a traditional Zionism, to proudly stay, for instance, to the Australian government, Tamar. Whether they like it or not, Jerusalem has always been and always will be our eternal and undivided capital. And that Judea and Samaria has always been our biblical homeland. And it's not racist to defy anybody who wants to take away our sovereignty, and not only that, are coming daily and several times daily to kill us because we're Jews and because we're Israeli. That doesn't make us racist. That makes us proud Israelis, Jewish or Arab, defending ourselves and wishing to stay alive and keep our country. That's the point I think that your listeners have to make to whoever they need to take up because we need some of your listeners to become some of our activists out there. All right. So it looks like uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu, who's going to be forming the next government, we already discussed about he's got choices of either moving uh, uh, more to the right and taking in Ben Gvir and uh, all of the voters there and and, uh, the religious and or go not and or going more to the left and trying to form a more central government, which I think personally he would prefer. Um, you know, so anyone who thinks well, Bibi's naturally going to go to the right, it's I, I don't see that as true because I see his past track record and it hasn't been true. I'm uh, I'm uh, a little bit ambivalent about that um, because although I think most of the country, the majority would appreciate a unity government that is strongly based on the centre right, and that's important. The majority of of any sort of unity government, the one that you're describing, has to be strongly based on the centre right. It may actually, if if uh, Bibi went into a uh, coalition. Uh, and Lapid would agree with that. Um, we have to talk about what terms you've got. Uh, uh, and if it's based on my idea, my uh, perspective of having a four-party one, in which I would suggest that BB may choose to select Shas as to representing the uh, Mizrahi uh, Jews to come in. and uh, Okay, Shas Labour. is a, a religious party, yeah. mainly of the Jews from the... Um, Sephardi. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if people know what Mis- Sephardi means, Mizrahim. but like the Eastern uh, Medi- Eastern Mediterranean and Spanish uh, Jews, Ar- whatever. Arab countries. Arab countries, right, yeah. Countries, whatever, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, I suppose uh, uh, if uh, Lapid wants to uh, maintain or keep part of a traditional history of uh, Israel, he could select Labour uh, to stay in if they 
still end up with four or five seats. Depends. See what we got. Will we get a hundred percent? And and that way you have a government which is strongly centre right, um, so they could keep control of that. The only thing that worries me is a bit of um, BB and his ego and his hubris. Uh, okay, because- hold on one second. We gotta take a break. We're gonna be right back, everybody. Many companies around the world are struggling to identify and hire qualified candidates. The hiring process can take months and be very expensive. Some candidates, often the most qualified, may quit and go to work for another organization. An Israeli firm called Tadio is working on what they say is a competencies-based sourcing platform that assesses its candidates beforehand using smart simulations. The technology does not just consider resumes, but evaluates candidates using realistic job simulations that may predict success on the job. Artificial intelligence analysis learns and tracks each candidate's behavior, including the tone of voice, providing employers with a performance assessment based upon skills. The technology is designed to continuously learn about the employer's preferences, hopefully identifying the best candidates. For more information on the high-tech world today, visit IsraelTechTalk.com. With your INTR Tech Minute, I'm Bob Aiello. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we are talking about the aftermath of the elections. Again, this is the fifth election in less than three and a half years. We're hoping that this last one will finally bring some more stability to the government. We have interior uh, d- um, domestic problems here, not just of security with the Arabs, uh, Arab terrorists uh, rising up, but also with the economy, with affordable housing for our children, and all sorts of other things that have to be addressed. People here uh, have problems, the inflation, but that's all over the world. But still, we need to be able to uh, have a stable government in order to tackle all of these problems. And uh, it looks like Benjamin Netanyahu is going to be leading the next government. The question is, who is he going to go with? Is he going to go with the left and become more central? Or is he going to go with uh, what many people believe are his natural allies, the right-wing religious, and build a government there. He can do either way. Uh, he's got to do a lot of wheeling and dealing. And here, get weighing in on the issue, we have joining us Barry Shaw. Again, he is the International Public Diplomacy Director at the Israel Institute for Strategic Studies. So, Barry, go ahead. All right. Well, I, I, I gave you one uh, uh, uh yeah, sort of scenario where uh, BB could go the United uh, U- Unity government with Lapid and uh, maybe adding in with Shas and Labour um, and keep control he, uh, to, to sweeten the, the deal. He, I suppose he could make uh, uh, Lapid both uh, deputy prime minister and foreign minister. Um, I think Lapid would be good as a foreign minister as long as he's undergoing the. What did we lose you? Okay, I think that the... Barry, are you with us? Yes. Okay, go ahead. We lost you for a moment. Go ahead. Ah, okay. Um, it could go that route. Actually, something that Speedy's done in the past, because even in the Likud party, if there's been one or two um, politicians that have been successful in their ministries or whatever, what he's tended to do is uh, ship them off abroad. Uh, Danny Danon is one. Another one is uh, uh, Gilad Erdan. Uh, uh, so it's a habit with uh, Bibi. This is a Bibi's got something wrong with his ego. I, I have to mention this, I suppose, from, from uh, past uh, knowledge and experience that he seems to be instead of letting uh, ministers um, succeed, um, he looks at them as a sort of personal challenge to himself, and uh, that's the, that's the problem. He has to sort of knock them down to size a little bit. Uh, but the reason where he may stay with, for instance, the religious party headed by the religious Zionists is because both Smodrich and uh, Ben-Gurir have said, Smodric has said he wants to be the justice minister, and both of them have said they want to reform the uh, the court system, the Supreme Court system, and they want to bring in a law immediately in the Knesset, 
where they got a majority, where prime ministers or people they says would not be put on uh, charges for fraud or um, uh, breach of trust, and that's probably order, in order to end ha- harassment of a of a prime minister from be- being able to do his job, and also to have uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, but um, I don't know how confident the BBS is he's going to win the court case that is still going on because, quite frankly, I uh, I haven't seen anything put up as evidence that uh, we're proving guilty of anything. Uh, however, we might be very sensitive to that. I might want to uh, have this case wrapped up and have some of his ministers do it for him by changing law. I don't like countries that change uh, the legal system uh, um, through for political reasons, I'm seeing this in the United States with uh, with the Democrat Party, for instance. It's not very uh, attractive scene, but that might be the thing that his ego and his hubris may uh, tempt him to go in that direction. Um, it, uh, but his party won't really, at the end of the day, represent the rank and file. Um, majority i don't think of israelis and they would tolerate it for a while but not for longer than that so it's a problem there the the other point i want to raise here is the question of the arab parties we should say this because we've spoken a bit of the arabs earlier there are arabs i i don't know if you know tamar but i know a number of arab israelis who in my personal life and some professional life as well who are very loyal citizens, uh, doctors, nurses, all sorts of people, things like this, and uh, certainly willing to be very enthusiastic uh, Israeli Arabs. I think what's lacking, however, in the Arab uh, world community here is an Israeli Arab party uh, because the parties seem to be anything but Israeli Arab parties. We have one which, until just coming on air, it looked very likely, Tamar, that the ballot party was actually going to make it into the Knesset. And we have to remember what the ballot party is. It was a party which was led by a guy called Asmi Bashara, who fled to Qatar uh, after uh, doing work for Hezbollah. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And he actually... actually, uh, uh, they actually, uh, Qatar and uh, I don't know which other countries were actually smuggling in money, two million shekels it was, in 2013 uh, to help support Ballad and increase their um, activities here in Israel. And they ended up Ballad with a, in the Knesset causing a budget deficit of two and a half million shekels. This was a party, by the way, of Hanin Zoabi, that uh, member of the Knesset that was a ballad member member who participated in the Mavi Marmara uh, 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 blockade. Flotilla, flotilla. uh, Flotilla, yeah. Um, So uh, there's a trail of uh, things, uh, nasty illegal work and uh, supporting terrorism, anti-Israel activities. And Ballad was very close to making it into the Knesset this time. We have a couple of other parties who uh, have said openly that uh, they're just keeping the seats warm until such day that there's a Palestinian state from the river to the sea, and yet they sit in the Knesset. I think there's uh, it's also a problem in certain cities, for instance, Lod, for instance, where the second the the, the highest number of uh, votes were for Likud, and the second highest number of votes in Lod. This is an Israeli town near Ben Gurion Airport. Went to the Arab Party. Um, so I think I think there there is a need for, to encourage, and I don't know how it's going to be done, that the Arab parties to decide. Do they want to be a, a, a proper Israeli citizens and participate and enjoy the prosperity and the democratic and progressive uh, uh, policies that uh, give them a comfortable life over here? In which case, there ought to be a movement to develop an Israeli Arab party. Well, you know what? There can be movements to uh, to help and assist the Arabs living peacefully here, but I don't think that uh, they should be, it should be developed into a political party. I don't think it's good to have Arabs uh, in the Knesset because I, because as, as much as they might 
enjoy living here because they enjoy more rights in Israel than in any other Arab or Islamic country. Uh, still, they are Arabs, and that's who they, they identify with. And our national anthem, Hatikva, yes. the hope, have, sings about how we've waited for 2,000 years for the Jews to come home, and they can't sing that. They haven't been waiting for that. Yeah, no. but the, for instance, um, there's a lot of people who have uh, awful trouble with, for instance, uh, uh, the British national anthem where he says, God save the king or whatever, uh, and there's other European countries. But we're not – but country. we are not – we're not the UK. We're not England. We're a okay, special no, 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 case. So we'll agree to disagree. We'll, do, we'll agree to disagree there. The, the, the other point I want to make on this, because I've dealt with it in the past, there are a lot of, a lot of European countries that have a, a Christian crosses in their national flag, which uh, Jews and Muslims are supposed to salute to on their national days and everything. So, yes, I know there is a wording of the national anthem that's difficult for them, but that doesn't mean they can't be loyal Israeli citizens. They can be loyal happy, and they can live good lives here. With all the benefits that an Israeli identity card, identity card gives them. It's one of the rare countries in the Middle East where they've been able to go and vote no matter what religion, what race, what nation, whatever they belong to. Try doing that in some of the other countries. And they they know also, people with educated Arabs know that, uh, and that Israel is the most democratic, liberal, progressive country in the whole of the Middle East. And they would rather live here than a whole list of countries that I yeah, haven't got the time to deal with because there's simply too many of them. Um, so on that score, yes, I think uh, there, is a, there is a need uh, to regulate what's going on and uh, the other point I want to make, because you raised it, is that uh, Ben-Gvir, as you know, wanted to become the interior security minister. My, my question to Ben-Gvir is, is he prepared to allocate the huge amount of money that needs to go to, and the Arab uh, mayors and uh, towns need it, want it, and say they want it, to go into bringing in the police into the Arab towns so that they can restore law and order. Because what's going on, again, your viewers, your listeners from abroad don't know this, but the lawlessness going on in Arab towns around Israel is horrendous. There, a lot of the town, Arab towns are governed by, not by the mayor, and the municipality, but the criminal gangs over there. Uh, and it's quite regular for you and I to see on our TV news at night huge shootouts in which um, one clan is uh, going out and killing the other uh, openly in the daylight. They even ride through the streets in the, with their machine guns and everything. Uh, so there's a start of a move right now in actually bringing law and order into Arab towns, and this has come about because the Arabs themselves are calling for it. Uh, so, so why would that a, be a problem for Itamar Ben-Gvir? So I don't know whether, whether our friend uh, Mr. Ben-Gvir would be willing to be the security, interior security uh, 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 minister in order to meet with regularly with the Arab mayors and the Arab officials and help restore law and order. I, I, I don't see any problem there at all. I don't see him having a problem with it at all. Why do you? Uh, fine, if he does that. Uh, but the question is, is he going to be welcome or is he going to be safe when he goes to Omel Fakhm and other places? Well, you to... know, if you have the security, you'll be safe. And if there's a penalty I... for acting up and, and being unruly and breaking the law and being violent and there's a consequence for it, then they won't do it anymore. Yeah. But well, the point is that when we look at it, he, there is a need for this. And at this moment of time, despite the fact that he says he would like that role, he seems to be the wrong person to do the right job. Okay, um, you, you can have that opinion. <laughs> I will disagree with you. And we can okay. agree to disagree. That's fine. He may become, he may end up a saint. I don't know. I, I don't know anything except for what I see in track records. And I don't see Itamar Ben-Gvir as an extremist like the left wing and media like to claim because they want to scare people. They're frightened of him. But so in order to try to uh, uh, avoid him being elected, they want to put in everyone's heads. He's an extremist. There's going to be more violence with him when I believe it's the exact opposite because I know who his constituents are and they are the wholesome families uh, who have family values. Yep. So that's uh, one of the dilemmas that, uh, 
Benjamin Netanyahu has to wrestle with. Is he going to go into a coalition with people like Ben-Gavir and Smodrich who are going to try and bring in laws, implement laws that will uh, cancel his uh, court case and make life comfortable for him? Or if he's going to go to a unity government, because without that, if he, if he doesn't, Say, for instance, um, he didn't create a government. How would Yael Lapid be able to go to President Herzog and say, I can create a majority coalition government? There is no way, there's no pathway, given the numbers that I have in front of me right now, that Lapid is at all anyway able of creating uh, a government right And that's now. good that for the state counts. of Israel, whether you're a left-winger or a right-winger, because it means that we'll most likely have a more stable government this time and not have yeah. to go to new elections so quickly. So coming full circle, I suppose what we're saying, Tamar, is this, that um, a week ago, it looked as if the turnout was going to be low because people were totally undecided. And instead, the Israelis suddenly went in larger numbers than for, done for decades and actually it turned out this way and given and gone back to their roots as center right and giving it back to Bibi basically in the in the liquid. Uh, so now we have an opportunity. I think you and I will be having another show in the future to find out or to talk about which direction uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is going to take. All right. So let me just ask you before we go what your ideal vision would be that's going to happen now after we have these present results. Barry, I think we lost you again. Okay, so we're going to try to get Barry back. Uh, But until we do, I just want to say here that I am pleasantly surprised by what I'm seeing. And, uh, oh, we have Barry back with us. Go ahead, Barry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Right. Uh, So, Basically, wrapping it up, I guess, um, uh, I think most people I've spoken to prefer a unity government. It seems to them to be more stable. It would seem that uh, it won't cause any sort of reputation damage that uh, we've got to try and offset all the time that, that going from abroad, talking about what racist country we've got. Uh, and um, I think it could be a calm good, solid uh, government that could last the distance, which I think most people would approve of. They're not sure that any uh, government with um, with just the religious parties and with the people like Benguer in particular, Smodrich, um, would last uh, four years or would have the majority of the Israelis satisfied. I have to tell you that my opinion is, is that even though uh, Netanyahu might like to have a uh, a look or a presentation of being more central, a se- more of a centrist, and take in maybe Lapid or Gantz or or whoever. And remember, Gantz says he's not going to sit with Bibi, but that's what he said the last time, and then he sat with Bibi. So you can't trust anything that the politicians say. But uh, I think he'll be more stable if he sticks with the right wing because that is where he- his voters are naturally more right-wing. They aren't left-wing. They aren't as much center. And I know many religious people who would have voted for religious parties and or Ben Gvir, but they are so tired of going to election after election, and they were, they were being told by the Likud and by other people, vote for the larger parties. The smaller ones are going maybe not won't make it into the Knesset, into the parliament, and you're not going to be able, you know, your vote will go to waste. And so vote Likud in order to make sure that they get the, the, the votes that they need and get them in. And that's what a lot of people did. So a lot of the people who voted for the Likud and put Bibi into power are really on the right wing. That's his constituency. And I think that it would be a lot more stable and uh, better serving the public. The majority of the people who voted uh, in this election are more to the right wing and uh religious if not traditional and want security and want this outlook and again i want to say when you hear the media say to uh, us that ben gavir itamar ben gavir and smotrich betzalo smotrich and the this this zionist uh, religious party is our extremists remember that is their fear it is not true it is not accurate because the people who voted this party in are the families the whole 
wholesome families of Judea and Samaria with family values, certainly not extremists. extremists. Of course, there is always an element of extremism in every uh, segment of society and in the Judea and Samaria as well because they feel that they're not being protected and so they, they get more extreme. But that doesn't make them extremists, the, the whole uh, group. We're talking about families with family values, and that's the salt of the earth. That's the normal, regular people, not the progressives and and all of these crazy things that we're seeing today. So that's where I want to leave it. Barry, you have the last yep. word. Okay, well, uh, come with that is uh, something which uh, I don't uh, disagree with, but it would be a policy in actually restoring Judea and Samaria to be an integral part of Israel. Um, and that's going to come into that as well, which would make Israel certainly unpopular, but at the same time, it needs to be done. I think the uh, we're waiting, sitting on our hands, waiting for the Palestinians to come for what's called a two-state solution, and we have to, in the meantime, give them stuff. In, by the way, Benny Gantz also has already given away Mahmoud Abbas to Mahmoud Abbas, valuable, important land, uh, which is bet- uh, between Jerusalem and Malay al-Domim, so that Mahmoud Abbas can build 4,000 Palestinian homes in what is Area C under the Oslo Accord. In other words, should remain completely under Israeli control until any permanent peace agreement with the Palestinians. And if none is forthcoming, that territory should be ours. So one of the things that Benny Ganser did, which annoyed me an awful lot, is actually to invite uh, uh, Mahmoud Abbas to his home in Russia Ayin and prepare to give him land outside of Jerusalem on the road down to uh, Mali Odomim to build uh, thousands of homes for Palestinians on lands that should be ours. Basically, isolating Malay Odomim from Jerusalem. And that's, this is another reason why they're looking at the strategic interest of Israel in Judea and Samaria from a security and defense point of view is essential. And even somebody that was uh, Ramat Khal, the head of the IDF and the defense minister actually did this. We're getting nothing in return. Very um, good point. So it's another reason. It's one of the points you're going to get if you have a uh, if you have a government between Bibi, the Likud, and with uh, the uh, Jewish Zionists and the others, this is one of the things that will certainly be on the agenda and may be very, very popular for a lot of people in Israel and abroad. Right. And I want to add, elaborate on what you said, that if indeed they should uh, finally annex officially under law, etc., cetera, uh, Judea and Samaria, they would be building more homes and apartments here, which would make real estate all over the state of Israel go down and make it more affordable for young couples to be able to go out and purchase a home and pay a mortgage and if they have to. And uh, it'll just make the quality of life here much easier, take the congestion more out of the cities as well. And uh, it would be good all around, not just for Judea and Samaria, but for the entire country. Exactly. Uh, I made one of the videos I made uh, at a series of three called Illegal Occupation, but not by Jews, was in an area uh, called Khan El Amar, which is on the road as people leaving Jerusalem go down to the Zed Sea on the right-hand side, uh, and we, in which the, Euro- the Palestinian Authority with the European countries have actually illegally uh, transferred populations in the area and constructed prefabricated buildings, including schools, uh, on territory that is not theirs. Uh, and that's illegal occupation, but not by Jews, supported by European governments. Uh, you should have somebody from Regavim on your show to talk about this. But we should reclaim that land because it lies just uh, north of uh, Maleodomim as well. Um, and uh, if it's one thing that this government should do, if you have one between um, the, uh, the the court and the uh, the uh, religious Zionists, this is one of the main issues that wasn't spoken about during the election campaign. Should certainly arise as soon as it, such a government is formed. Very well said. And with that, we'll uh, be ending. And I want to tell everybody that uh, whatever happens, we're going to be watching here. And uh, we are wishing success to the people of Israel for security, for peace, 
for uh, wholesomeness, family values, and for the majority opinion. They, they've come now and they've showed. They've through. They're through with the left. The, the left is losing ground all the time because they see their formulas are not working. Their promises have not been kept. And, uh, and we just want the people of Israel to live peacefully with security and not have to worry about these things and a better lives for our children. And uh, I want to thank Barry Shaw for coming yeah. on the show. Barry, again, tell people where they can follow you. Okay, you can find me on the, uh, the View from Israel at uh, View from Israel or contact me at viewfromisraelgmail.com or on uh, Facebook. But uh, your listeners, uh, through you, Tamar, I want your listeners to uh, take note of what Tamar and I have spoken about and please use this material to inform other people because it takes a network to defeat a network and we need people like you to give people the facts and the information. And if you need any more information, contact Tamar or myself, I'm more than happy to give it to you. Wonderful. All right. Well, the people of Israel should win now. Hopefully. Peace for everybody. Arab, Jew, everybody. Thanks for being with us. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at israelnewstalkradio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.